Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Just as we'll do. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, and it's good to be with you on Friday. All over the world, people are talking about Good Friday. They're taking an event that happened 2,000 years ago, and they are applying it to today was the day that Jesus died. We know, according to Passover, the Lord was crucified on uh, this year. We celebrated it on the eve of Saturday evening. So, Anyways, good Friday to everybody out there today. Sorry for the late start. It certainly has been. And uh, hopefully we'll get some folks uh, chiming in and calling in and becoming part of this broadcast. If not, we're going to just let it go for this Friday and bless everybody and wish them a wonderful week. And um, we apologize. We'll see you on Tuesday. And this coming Wednesday, by the way, Daniel Seckham will be with us from Australia and I want to wish you a very happy Easter. Some people wonder about Easter, if it's a good deal or not. Um, but it is written in one of my favorite stories in Acts chapter 12 that Easter did exist 2,000 years ago. And there were people that were celebrating that. A lot of people today believe that Easter was a pagan holiday, Ishtar, and probably true. Um, but around the world today, uh, this weekend, people will be celebrating their Good Friday in commemoration of the death and burial of Jesus Christ. And then on Sunday, they will gather together and praise the Lord for the resurrection. So whether we call it Easter, whatever the, the mood is about that, 
the fact remains that there are believers around the world that will celebrate. Unfortunately, in different parts of the world, this is a very dangerous time. I know in a lot of Islamic countries, there are people that pay the price where there is opposition against the resurrection and against the Christian faith. And so we want to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. We want to ask the Lord to bless them and keep them. And as they exercise their freedom to worship and praise the Lord, that um, God will be with them. God will be with them. So what I want to do this morning, and again, so sorry for getting on so late this morning. We did our best to get here. So I want to just bless this weekend with your family, with your friends. I'm seeing my friend here, Eddie Wells, is with me today. Good morning, Eddie. The River Christian Center, glad you're on. Me too. Hello, Pastor Jeff. Hey, Pastor Jeff, why don't you call in, and uh, if there are thoughts in your heart that you would like to share today, uh, maybe this would be a great time to do that. Number to call is 818-369-0326. I'll put that up on the board right now, so you could give a shout, 818-369-0326, and <clears throat> Uh, you know, just perhaps you've been mulling through some things, searching things out, investigating. Uh, maybe you'd like to share a little bit on today's broadcast. That would be wonderful. Remember to press 1 on the dial pad when you do call in. And I'm pretty sure we're going live on Omega Radio and on Facebook and YouTube. And let's see our comments here. Praise the Lord. And uh, Jim Stapp is with us this morning. Hello, Jim. God bless you, sir. Hope you're getting ready for a great weekend as well. And again, we're running a little late. Terry Shannon, my dear friend, Terry, where are you? How are you? What's been going on in your world? God bless you, Terry. Maybe you have some information you'd like to share about the day that we're in right now and maybe some things the Lord has been showing you. I know there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we have been spending our time uh, in the last week celebrating the Feast of Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits. Today actually is the sixth day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and <clears throat> we're going to continue to celebrate it and remember what it's all about, spiritually speaking, about getting the leaven out of our lives and how Jesus Christ was an unleavened sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, and what that means to you and I. So as we're celebrating today, the sixth day, uh, we want to hear from you. I think today's a great day to do that. My friend David said that we needed to have a Q&A time. So the number to call, once again, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad, and we will bring you directly into the show. And Pastor Jeff, if you're out there, you'd like to do that. Brother Terry, if you would like to do that, or anybody else. As a word from the Lord today, what a great time to bring it forth. It is Friday. It's a gorgeous day in northwest Arkansas sunshine everywhere. It's going to be warming up. We're going to get into the 70s next week. That's going to be good. Looking forward to interviewing our friend Sonia uh, Azam. And Sonia is working diligently in her network with the uh, Islamic world, what's going on there. So we want to make sure we definitely engage that conversation, waiting for the best time to do it. But again, here we are. It is Friday morning and we're slow because we're 30 minutes late. We got 30 minutes late today. <laughs> 818-369-0326. If you're ready to share, anybody out there in chat room, if you're out there, you want to call in, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad, and we'll bring you right into the conversation. We haven't even had um, – well, let me just leave that alone. Today, by the way, 
being the sixth day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, Jerry says, I'm doing well where the Lord has me, still witnessing daily. Way to go. Charlotte Gotch, good morning. Well, praise God, Terry. I'm glad you're doing that. Terry, by the way, he's been on the program, is a street evangelist. And he's not just a street evangelist. He evangelizes even on sidewalks, parks, wherever. And he is uh, truly serving God. And wherever you are today, God bless you. And may the Lord's peace continue to guide you in protection. And it's good to know you're getting through all these things. So be in touch with us, Terry. We'd like to hear from you. Come say hello if you're in the neighborhood, okay? Absolutely at New Wine Ministry Service. Maybe even this weekend would be a great time to say hello. All right. So waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on the dial pad. And uh, we want to hear from you, the body of Christ. Denny Sossaman, good morning. Dear pastor, dear saints, amen. Thank you, and God bless you. And good morning to you, Denny and Sally. Great to see you joining us on the air. Uh, We're reaching out to our friends out there that have a cell phone. Maybe you'd like to call in, share some thoughts about the resurrection, share some thoughts about some prophetic things that you know that are going on around and about, and maybe even share some thoughts about um, the things that, you uh, have been learning or being taught by the Holy Spirit that you could share with the body of Christ, maybe some words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I mean, we'll just kind of put this as a gathering together today. We've been running the race. We've all been running our race, and we are running to win, and we're excited about winning our race in our generation, no doubt about it. Hasn't it been a very interesting pause since Joe Biden has been elected. I mean, that's something that's very interesting. It's been just an absolute pause. I think a huge majority of people just bailed out on the news media. I know we don't even watch the news any longer. We don't want to hear from it because it was such a, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to say cowardice, but such a capitulating effort by all the news media to capitulate to the corruption that took place during the election and uh, people turncoated, they backstabbed, they went. And I I think a huge portion of the population uh, in this country has just said to the news media, you're on your own. I mean, who wants to listen to you? You are full of lies and nobody really wants to hear you. So we're waiting in, in that, in that community of believers, we're waiting. What is the next move? What is the next great move on the chessboard uh, of life in, in the nations of the world today? And we're waiting to see what it is, aren't we? And while we're waiting, we're celebrating. You see, and that's, the, that's what I always found to be awesome, is that we can celebrate the kingdom. We can celebrate life because Jesus gave us an abundance of life. We're not dependent on the world for life. And we are uh, celebrating the, the great feasts of the Lord while the world is in a pause, while there's a waiting, what is the next great move? And we heard yesterday having a, good morning, David Ellison, God bless you, sir. Um, we're doing what you told us to do. We're having Q&A. I'm waiting for people to come and join me in a Q&A session today. We will need to talk about some things. But yesterday we were out with our dear friends and they told us that they just got back from a a trip to see their daughter in Texas. And she works for the, uh, for a Christian school and what's going on in Texas. And they said, I believe that this is happening all over the country. 
that you cannot get a job, you cannot get a job in Texas, and they said other places, without having the vaccinations. And it's not just the COVID-19 vaccination. It is the vaccination for all, I think there were 16 different or four different vaccinations. I forget what it was. But if you're not vaccinated, you can't have a job. Well, I think that creates a lot of concern in people's lives as to whether or not they should um, get those vaccinations. And a lot of them were for, I think they had diphtheria, polio, I mean, whatever the vaccinations are for in today's modern world. It's interesting, you can't get a job without the vaccination. Have you heard anything about that? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'd love to hear from you concerning what's happening in the sphere of influence that you walk. Now, what is the Lord saying to you? And as we're waiting, we're just going to praise the Lord, make an appeal, make an appeal for this Good Friday, Good Friday. And uh, I'm going to read to you one of my favorite stories in the scriptures. I think this is a profound blessing, and I don't know where you're going to be worshiping this weekend, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. And wherein you stand. So there's people standing in the gospel that they received. By which also you are saved, praise God, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. What a great memory verse right there. Um, Don't forget the things that we have heard, but keep in memory what was preached unless you believed in vain. Can you imagine going through years and years and years of your life, and then comes the opposition season, and people would turn away from what they heard, and all those years that they have been participating now become years of vanity? Well, That could happen, or else Paul wouldn't have said it could happen. He said in verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, and that's kind of the celebration mode we're in right now with unleavened bread, according to the Scriptures. Jesus Christ died for our sins, the basic gospel. And that he was buried another part of the gospel. They buried him in a tomb and that he rose again the third day. So Paul, his gospel, the message he preached was this death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren. This is after his resurrection. So who saw him? Cephas, the 12, 500 brethren, above 500 people, eyewitnesses of his resurrection, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. So in other words, a lot of those people that saw him were still living as Paul was writing this, but some are fallen asleep. Some of them have died because... Maybe at the time of the writing of this, it was maybe 25, 30 years later that Paul is writing. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, 
he was seen of me also as one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. So Paul, in his testimony, his admission, he was a persecutor of Christ's church, the church of God, and he said that he was you know, the most unworthy of the apostles to have seen the Lord. Nonetheless, he did. But in verse 10, he goes on to say, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. And you see, this is Paul. He's got such a unique personality, doesn't he? I mean, he just starts off with this very humble contrition I'm the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. I persecuted the church of God. I was the last one to be seen. But then I labored more abundantly than they all did. In other words, you know, Paul's just in this very neat place. And he goes on and says that, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, there it is, but the grace of God which was with me, Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and you believed. And that's the important part. What did they believe? They believed that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, for their sins. They believed he was buried, taken off the cross and literally buried. And they believed that he rose from the dead on the third day. And that was the message they believed in. And then all the accompaniments that go along with that reality, that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose from the dead on the third day. Well, connected to each one of those are, is, a, is just a rivers of life and meaning and teaching and value. And so Paul went on in verse 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? All right, so Paul's now going to encounter. Thank you so much, darling. I appreciate that. Paul's going to encounter the idea, the attitude, the conflict that they were having. And it's over the resurrection because there were people saying there is no resurrection. But if Christ was preached. Now, if Christ has been preached that he rose from the dead, how say some of you there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, now listen to this. How much information, revelation, and knowledge do you possess as a believer that you've learned over the years? Now, imagine every doctrinal thought you've had, every idea, every revelation, every epiphany, all, everything you've ever learned. Listen to what Paul says. He said, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Wow. So Paul is really centering in on the resurrection, because I think we talk about it, and maybe he knew this, and we think about it, but we're so busy going with our day-to-day -day life, we don't think about death, we don't think about much, we're certainly not thinking about, you know, too much 
after the afterlife or maybe, um, you know, the resurrection, I'm going to die and then I'll raise. Whatever the case is, Paul's saying that there was an attitude, there was an idea, there is no resurrection of the dead. And I think it was the Sadducees that did not believe they were sad, you see. There was no resurrection. They didn't believe that. And the vanity of that, when you really get down to the depth of it, for the atheist that says there's no resurrection, for any human being to think that they're on this earth and that when they die, that's it. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no afterlife. That when you die, you're dead. And you've known people probably that believe that. But when you think about that, it, it's absurd, really. It takes a lot of, it would take a lot of faith to believe that that this unique creation, a mind, a brain, the complexity of our created beings, our ability to have emotion and thought and feeling and communication and conversation, you know, hurt, pain, suffering, joy, gladness, you know, all these expressions. Well, if we were to physically die and that was the end of our existence, what was the point? What was the point of doing what is right versus doing what is wrong? What is the point of our life? And I've heard these absurd conversations about, well, if you leave a good memory to your children, well, what if you don't have any children? What if you, what if you don't do anything? But think about it. What is the point of this life if we, like the ants, unless there's a resurrection in the ant kingdom, I don't know. What, what is the point of living our days and done? What would be the point of running our race? What would be the point of obeying the gospel? What would be the point of doing good things as opposed to doing selfish, self-centered things? Why pick up a cross? Why follow the example of Jesus? Why believe in redemption? Why believe in the blood? Why are my sins being forgiven important to me? I mean, why would that even matter if there's no eternal life? Why would it even matter if I got bitterness and resentment and offense and fear and pride and jealousy, lust and ego out of my heart? Why? Why do that if there's no purpose beyond this moment that when I give up my last breath, I'm dead? You know, people commit suicide believing that if I commit suicide today, if I kill myself, I won't have these troubles I'm having in this world, but at least I'll be at peace. Well, people believe that, and they follow through with that idea. We believe, because we do believe in the resurrection, that there will be a giving of an account for such activity. So, Paul, let's get back to his message here. He said again in verse 12, now, let me just repeat this. If Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Well, what would that even matter if there's no resurrection, if there's no accountability, if there's no afterlife? Well, because we have testified of God that he raised up 
Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Ah, so Paul connects the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the forgiveness of our sins. That without, he died for our transgression, he rose for our justification, right? Romans chapter 5. So where's Paul going with all of this? That everything we're doing is a complete and total vanity if Christ has not risen. And now we're getting ready for, you know, the weekend of uh, celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, Unleavened bread and Passover, we basically already saw that in first fruits and and, and all this activities going on in Easter services and church gatherings and Good Friday meetings. And this is because we do believe. This is because you believe, I believe in one thing concerning the gospel. It's the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose on the third day. That's the gospel. And everything connected to it. And because we believe in the resurrection, we believe if we died, that we also are going to be resurrected. And as we talked about last week, either the resurrection into eternal life or into eternal shame and contempt. But listen how Paul puts it in his teaching. He says in verse 18, Then they also which are fallen asleep, the people that have already died, those who have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Now, remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where Paul's writing to comfort believers who lost their loved ones who believed? And he talks about the resurrection. He talks about the uh, harpazo, the being caught up to meet the Lord, those alive and remaining when the Lord returns. But that whole chapter was about the dead people that believed in Jesus that would be resurrected. Well, here he says, they also, which are fallen asleep, in Christ are perished if there's no resurrection. If in this life only, see here's where this is all confirmed. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. You say, well, why would I have hope in Christ only in this life? Well, so you could live a better life, like a Buddhist. You know, people that in the Asian culture, they believe in Buddha because Buddha is going to give you a better life. But Buddha doesn't promise eternal life. Buddha doesn't promise everlasting joy. Buddha is there for people in this life to have a better life, a nice vibration or a nice, you know, tranquility. And to become like Buddha, to, 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 they, they literally put apples and food and gifts to Buddha so that they can have a good life here, that their business will prosper. But Buddha has no promise of eternal life. So some people may have been going to Christ just to have a better life. And a lot of people actually live that way. Jesus, I want you to give me everything I want. I'm turning to you. I'm turning to you. I believe in you. I believe that you could give me a better life here and now. And that's part of a gospel that's preached everywhere. But Paul said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, hope that he'll give us a better life or a good life on earth. 
We are of all men most miserable. Why? Why would we be the most miserable people having hope in Christ so that we could have a good life before we die and perish? Well, to believe in him would require some submission, would require some belief. I mean, if you want to go through the ranks of Buddhism into Nirvana and you want to get to the highest echelons of thought and, you know, spirituality, do you realize that there's no light in that? There's no truth in that? But in Christ, you're you're reaching, your sins are forgiven, you're to confess your sins, you're to repent. You still would live out the gospel if you believe in Jesus, right? Your sins are forgiven and all that. But why does Paul say that we are the most miserable creatures on this earth if we only have hope in Christ on earth? Well, he gets into it just a little bit. Now, you got to praise God because it's a little bit morbid, but it's a, it's a good reality check. Where is your hope? Where is my hope in the resurrection, in the gospel that we believe? Where do we really stand today? Are we hoping in Jesus Christ that today we're going to have an abundant day and God's going to make my day better? But beyond that, if I were to die today, there is no resurrection. We stay dead. We perish. Life is over. But um, that's misery, pure misery. Now, you don't believe that. I don't believe that. We believe that there's an afterlife. And Paul says in verse 20, and you can see the joy coming back into his spirit, and he says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Okay, and that's what this whole conversation is about. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Okay, so in Passover, unleavened bread and first fruits. In the Old Testament, if you want to go back and say it, the Old Testament, make it easy. Well, that is the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And on the third day of these feasts, which is actually like the second day, or the, it's actually the third day of the feast, is first fruits. And that was foreshadowing this scripture. Now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept or that died. In other words, he was the first to resurrect from the dead, and there will be a harvest. That's what the first fruits always represent. There's a wave offering that a future harvest will come. And the future harvest being referred to here is the general resurrection on the day of resurrection, when Christ returns and the dead rise. Now, it's cool that there were saints that literally resurrected when Jesus Christ died on the cross. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, I'm going to hold my finger here before I go any further. And if you'll remember in uh, Matthew 27, 51, I think it is, or maybe 58, it says this, 57. <clears throat> no, let's go to 50. So Matthew 27, 50, Jesus, when he had cried again, this is Matthew 27, 50, the day he died on the cross, He cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. So this is the day that Jesus died. And behold, 
the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And everybody knows how difficult that would have been. That thick covering veil, it was not just a linen curtain. But then listen to this. Not only did the temple or the veil of the temple get ripped in two from top to bottom, the earth did quake. There was massive earthquake. The rocks rent, the rocks were shaken, and the graves were opened. The graves, plural, the graves were opened. Now, Jesus, you got to see, he's dying on the cross. He gives up the ghost. He's dead, still on the cross. The reaction of creation, earthquake, veil being rent, graves opening, rocks being rent. Okay, And it says the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept, many bodies of the saints which slept or were dead, arose. This is when Jesus is on the cross. And came out of the graves after his resurrection. So even though Jesus died and the graves opened and the saints came out of their graves, what did it say? The graves were open. Many saints slept. They arose. So there's an arising. And they came out of the graves after his resurrection, which is phenomenal, which means on the day he died and the graves opened and they came back to life, they rose, they woke up again. It's an awakening, the Anastasis, right? So they're alive. But then when Jesus on the third day rose, then it said they came out of the graves. And what did they do? And they went into the holy city and appeared unto many. What? I mean, I know that Jesus, according to Acts chapter 1, after his resurrection, that he stayed on this earth for 40 days, speaking to the disciples of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Think about that. But within the context of his resurrection, many saints that were dead arose, went into the city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many. I mean, what was that like? (laughs) I mean, Uncle Joe, you're here. Uncle Abe, what's going on, you know? I mean, these people are appearing everywhere. (laughs) So now he says in verse 50, well, no, let's get over here. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15. I just don't hear a lot of that preaching on the resurrection. And I think it's a thrilling reality. I mean, the first fruits, Jesus Christ, he said here, has become the first fruits of them that slept. That's why the graves opened with the earthquake. There was an awakening. They didn't come out of the grave until after Jesus' resurrection. He had to be the first. Okay. So then comes this first fruits company, and it says this. He became the first fruits of them that slept, verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. So by one man, Adam, it looks what it says. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, here's an interesting theory. Okay, I want to just explore something. So there's a couple of things to realize that 
when Jesus Christ was not the first being to rise from death, you realize that, that there were people in the Old Testament that were dead, that Elijah rose up, the very bones of Elisha, when there was a dead um, uh, Ishmaelite, and they found the, the little ground that Elisha was in, and when they put him in the ground, his body touched the bones of Elisha and came back to life again. So there have been resurrections. Now, Paul's saying that the resurrection of the dead comes by one man. I'm thinking that that resurrection he's referring to is not just a bodily resurrection, but the resurrection into heaven, having sins forgiven. Okay? But consider this. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, that means all human beings in Adam, all die, even so in Christ, shall all be made alive. Well, what about Enoch? He didn't die. And what about, was it Elijah? He did not die. Elijah was taken up in chariots of fire. Enoch was taken and he was not. Well, there's uh, uh, two men here, Enoch and Elijah, who never tasted death. So is it possible that it will be Enoch and Elijah as the two witnesses who will prophesy for three and a half years on this earth. And then after their prophecy, they will die and their dead bodies will lay in the streets. If all that are in Adam die, well, then Paul's all has to include all. And those two have never died, but they were translated. Enoch was translated that he did not see death. That's all it says. It says that. So obviously Elijah and Enoch, did not see death. Were there others that never tasted death? I don't know. But according to what Paul's saying, it kind of lends credibility to the idea if this is going to be fulfilled, then those two men have to die in a physical body. Now, they're already alive in a spiritual body. Elijah appeared to uh, Jesus with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. So they're already alive. Are they going to be coming back into the earth with different bodies? How is this all going to work with the two witnesses? Just an idea. But let's not get too far off here. So now, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. All right. I want to stop for just a moment because I've been asking folks to call into the broadcast today. I see that we have a caller calling in, so let's take this call. We'll stop for just a moment and say good morning to area code 469. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Hello. Hello, Eric. Yes, hello. It's It's Terry Shannon. Well, hello, Terry. Listen, I just wanted to tell you that the last time I spoke to you, I was in your church and I was about to leave. And I told you, I said, you know, I don't know if your people in this church realize just how fortunate they are to have someone like you and Patricia and the warm feeling that you get when you come in into your church. You remember that? Vaguely. Very kind words, yes. Yeah, and you said, well, I, 
you know, sometime I'd like for you to tell them that, and that's what I'm doing right now is telling you that. <clears throat> but uh, also, uh, I just want to tell you that was a great program, and uh, <clears throat> I always have a disclaimer before I start talking now on the radio or anywhere else, and that is First Corinthians 8, 2. If any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet what he ought to know. Okay, Amen. So, <laughs> so uh, I don't really know much, but I will. I would like to talk a little bit uh, about uh, a couple of things that I've learned. You know, I went on my – I left Bentonville last year in January uh, 31st, and I started on a, a one-year missionary trip across America because I think we need it as much as anybody in the world does. And uh, I just wanted to tell you, I witnessed to many, many people on the highway and at grocery stores and just coffee shops just about anywhere. And I have found a lot of people that said that they did not believe in Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh, I've had that a lot here in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, where I am now, because I got stopped on the coronavirus thing. And I've been stuck here since uh, the coronavirus uh as when it first started. <clears throat> but uh, I learned something when I talk to them. I go ahead and witness it to them. And uh, let me give you an example. I, I witnessed to one guy on the side of the road that was fixing a flat for a woman. He didn't have a jack. I had the jack. I helped him. When I got through, I said, young man, can I ask you a question? And he said, yeah. I said, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? And he said, no, I hadn't. I don't believe in God. Hmm. And I said, and before I could say something, he said, uh, and there's a point I'm coming to here. The, uh, he said to me, he said, you know, my, my sister died of cancer last year. What kind of God would let my sister die? Well, you and I both and anybody else could go into a long dissertation about why she might have gotten cancer and this and that, but I didn't. I looked at him and I said, you know what? I can understand why some people do not believe in God. I do, but I can understand some people, and I, I can understand a little bit about what uh, you just said, but I said, I want to tell you something. I'm, I, I pointed him right my finger, right in his face. And I said, let me tell you something, young man. I'm not concerned about you going to heaven or not because you will be there. And I want to tell you why I said that. <clears throat> we, we know about the tribulation saints, and you have planted so many seeds. It's unreal, and everybody in your congregation has. And <clears throat> we planted those seeds, and I told him, I said, when – when things go really bad after we're all raptured out of here and you're left here and you see the carnage going on, you're going to drop to your knees and you're going to say, oh, my God, uh, my dentist uh, witnessed to me in the dentist chair. I heard about God at the church. I, my, my pastor told me about it. My friend at the barbershop told me. That crazy guy on the side of the road stopped and helped me with a flat told me about him. God, I need you. Help me. And those are called the tribulation saints. And they will come out of the tribulations because there, there's multitudes of people that will come out of the tribulations to a point that there's so many that we cannot count them. Is that correct? I, I don't know. I, I, when I think about the tribulation saints, I see all of us that are going to be alive and remaining in that final generation as going through the great tribulation, many being preserved but yeah, I would I would think that there would be many saints of God during the Great Tribulation on the earth. Yeah, I think a lot of people will drop down that have heard about God. And now it does say, I think three times in the book of Revelation, there are still some people that will still not 
accept Jesus Christ, and they still go the wrong way. But you know right. what? We're told that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, when it says, uh, the gate is wide to hell, and many go into it thereat. And verse 14 says, the gate to heaven is narrow, and few find it. So, uh, But anyway, I just wanted to call in and tell you I love your program. And, and one last thing I want to say is that, you know, you, you touched my heart one time. I was in a, a really bad place, and I was up in the mountains of Arkansas, somewhere around Bentonville, and I was sitting there praying and thinking and praying, uh, yelling out to God, and the phone rang, and it was Vincent Xavier and a couple of other your people just asking me how I was doing. And you know what? It brings tears to my eyes right now. How you never stop, never stop reaching out to people. And I just want to tell you, thank you. And uh, that's about all I had today. But uh, wow. I plan on coming to Bentonville soon, and I'll see if I can't look you up. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you, Terry. God bless your sensitive heart, man, and thank you. And all the rewards that you will have and the jewels in your crown for sharing your faith and being on the streets and being willing to minister Jesus Christ to people everywhere you go. Thank you. What a, what a wonderful testimony and a great example to follow. And may the Lord bless your well, life. May all your needs be met. Amen. Well, thank you very much. You know, uh, before I get off the phone, I wanted to tell you and your audience is that's exactly how I met Vincent and Patricia. <laughs> yeah. I was on the plaza downtown Bentonville uh, witnessing the people, and and uh, you and a couple other people came up and talked to me, and that's how I got to meet you. I remember. I could see it as clear as day, the day you were sitting on the you bench. Know, I, yeah. 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 I was talking to, like, three other people about God, and uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. After it was all over, I kind of laughed, and I thought, that this guy visited, he was testing me to see if I knew what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> and that's a good thing because yes. there's a lot of false, there's a lot of false teachers out there on the, out there in the roads. And, uh, but anyway, the last thing really, because you've got a show here and you don't need to okay. let me that's take okay. all over. The last thing I think is the biggest atrocity in America today or in the world today is that there are a lot of people that assume someone has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they don't know. And I am one of the perfect examples of that. I was a deacon in the First Christian Church in Paris, Texas, uh, two, two different times, and uh, that was in the uh, early 80s. And in the, in the mid-80s, I was in Louisiana, surrounded by incredibly good Christians. Even a pastor worked for me. And not one person ever asked me if I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And then one day I realized I hadn't, and I got on my knees, and I asked him about 3.30 in the morning, uh, November 2000, and I haven't stopped since then. So but you were an we unsaved deacon. Pardon me? You were an unsaved deacon in the church. Absolutely, and there's many of those people in there right now. Matter of fact, I've been contacting some of the people that I know and relatives that I know and trying to ask them to accept Jesus Christ because I believe we're so close to Jesus coming. It's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, and uh, anyway, I think everybody 
should ask, and let me tell you one more quick story real quick. Some people are the closest to you that have really not accepted Jesus Christ. My little sister, I've had dinner with her hundreds of times over the last 20 years. A couple of years ago, I was sitting there talking to her husband, and I said, Stan, you know what I'm talking about. You and Stacy have accepted Jesus Christ. And Stan was kind of looking at Stacy, and I looked at Stacy across the table, and big old crocodile tears were coming down her eyes. And I said, baby, what's wrong with you? I don't think I ever have accepted Jesus as my Savior. And I said, well, Stacy, hallelujah that we're here. Would you like to know how? She said, yes. And I was fortunate enough the Holy Spirit led me to lead her in a sinner's prayer, and she's been on fire ever since. And what I'm saying is sometimes these people are the closest to you, and you don't know it. How many people, Terry, actually will be saying, Lord, Lord, thinking that we're saved? And we hear those ominous words, depart from me, I never knew you. I mean, that is bizarre. And yet the the outcasts of society, the people that are not welcomed in this world by the, you know, the, the flavorful world, uh, the people rejected, broken, hurting, uh, damage, really damaged goods. We all are, but there's people that recognize it and appear to be, you know, they're the ones that are coming to this simple faith of crying out to Jesus for help in their lives and having a hope for eternal life. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. That's the joy of what you do to see somebody out there to receive Jesus Christ. I mean, I wonder how many of our listeners have recently gone out and led someone to faith in Christ. And allowed for their name to be, you know, that's amazing. You would not believe, Vincent, how many people tell me on a monthly basis that, no, they don't accept Jesus Christ. And I reach out to them, and you wouldn't believe it. I just, it's unbelievable. But like I said, I'm not going to worry because they're going to remember that day when I, when you or one of your parishioners or Patricia or me said something to them during the tribulation, they're going to drop to their knees. They're going to say, oh, my God, Pastor Vincent told me that. And there's going to be some crowns that we can throw at Jesus' feet when we get up there. Amen. But, uh, but uh, let me say one other thing, too. We are really close because if you read Daniel chapter 11, verse 20 and 21, if you read that, it's, it looks like exactly what's happening right now. There will be a man that will come into office that will be a raiser of taxes, and then there's another one, and he will be taken out of his office, not by war or anger, but by other reasons. What, who does that sound like? Sounds like Joe. Yeah, and then read the yeah. next verse. There will be another one that will come in, and he will win people over through flattery and obtain that office. Now, it says he, uh, but, you know, I'm not sure it will be he or her. Most people think Camilla Harris, Kamala Harris is going to be replacing Joe. But there will be one that come in seeking the flattery. Now, flattery is a form of hatred, Proverbs twenty six twenty eight, and we have to remember that. So we need to look into those two scriptures, wow. everybody, wow. And, and everybody – pardon? I said that's a wow to me. Flattery is a form of hatred. Yes, sir, it is. Yeah. Now, I've got a Bible that actually says that. I can text that to you, but I don't read that Bible anymore. I read uh, KJV 1611 Bible, period. Love because it. there's so many Bibles that are flawed today, it's unreal. If you were to Google right now verses left out of modern-day Bibles, you'll find that 18 verses are left out of most of the 
current popular Bibles that are in the church pews today. I had a, a pastor, Randy Doherty from Paris, Texas, call me one day and he said, Terry, and he told me about preaching on this verse in the Bible and several hands came up in the in this audience and, and they said, Pastor Doherty, that verse is not in our Bible. And he told me that and then I told him, I said, Randy, I said, you don't listen, do you? Because I told you that over a year ago that Bibles are flawed. And I said, I want to tell you something. You, They came from your first Christian association. And if you're preaching out of that Bible right now, there's God says a lot in the Bible about uh, taking away or adding to the words of Deuteronomy 4, 2, Proverbs 36. And it actually really gets serious in Revelations 18, 19, and 20 when it says, no, Revelation 22, 18, and 19, and 20 when it says, those who take away or add to the words in this book, the, the, the plagues that are listed in this book will be added unto you. And so we, we've got a big falling away, Second Thessalonians 2, verse 2 through, 1 through 4. We've got a falling away in so many areas that it's scary how far we're falling away. Amen. You know, so, it is. That that is uh, amazing. Pastor Vincent, you, you you have to tell me you have enough of me because I'm like that little doll where you pull that string and you just keep I keep talking because I'm so excited about God and His coming. Heck no! I just had a uh, a, a chat just said uh, from Jessica. Love this listener, Terry. Uh, bless him. So they're enjoying what you're saying. So continue. Just break bread. Share. Well, I mean, oh, the resurrection you know coming. Thank you, Lord. You just answered my prayer because I wanted to say one more thing. But I don't like to take up too much of your time because you've got so many people. But anyway, if you're asking me, I'm going to go ahead and talk. Regarding yes, Easter, regarding Easter, we should celebrate it with a right mindset, but it is totally pagan. And I'm going to give you information about it that I don't hardly ever hear. Uh, Easter was because of Constantine's wife. Semiradius, they had an illegitimate child named Tammuz. Tammuz was born without the general people knowing about him. And when they found out about him, she said and told everybody, and Constantine was a king. So this is 360 AD about that. Constantine told all the people that they have to accept this. She said that he fell from heaven at a big egg, and it broke open, and there was my son Tammuz. Well, there's where the egg comes from. Now, where does a rabbit come from? She was worshiping a fertility god, and that's where the rabbits come from. And if we can't see that, we're as blind as blind Bartimaeus. This is a, a story that anybody can research and find out, but it is a pagan uh, festivity and uh, ceremony and uh I know that I've had many. I've had a pastor here tell me that he wanted me to come to church, and and I don't want to go to his church. And I can tell you privately a lot of reasons why I don't want to go to his church because he said some things to me that are so far away from biblical things that's unreal. But anyway, uh, that's a little bit more about why what why we we have Easter and why the egg came in and why the fertility came in about the rabbits because rabbits we all know rabbits don't do much but eat and have litters of other rabbits you mm -hmm. know so you know uh, what, so anyway 
while you're talking about that, Terry, I'm thinking about that movie with Robin Williams or the series where he was used to say Nanu Nanu that he came from outer space in an egg. It was that oval shaped <laughs> egg. You know, that's what that's you what he's doing. So in your story, you said it was Samaramis was her name? Well, I don't know if I could pronounce it right, but it's spelled S I M A R it's it sounds like Samaranius. Uh, okay. Like Uranus. But okay. I think there's yeah. But anyway, who whatever it was is his wife. And I could go on to tell you how he, because of his wife that he worshipped too, how he talked about uh he invented Christmas. And I'll tell you right now, you can look at you can read Jeremiah chapter ten and see that we should not be bringing Christmas trees and stuff like that in our house. Jeremiah just lays it out in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 10. But I could go on with the, the story about how and why uh, Constantine ruled that Christmas would be celebrated at that time in their, in their area that he controlled. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Let me ask you this question. I've, I've thought about this a lot, and I've heard what you're saying to a degree, and I'm very teachable in this. But um, I used to think, well, just because the winter solstice was on December 25th, that was like the devil, the god of this world, taking control of that day, like October 31st, Halloween. That's the day of the devil. That's their day. Well, Jesus Christ being highly exalted, wouldn't he take precedence over all these pagan r- religious uh, deceptions and exalt him on these days like Easter where it's Ishtar and there's all this stuff going on with the eggs but to see the resurrection taking it into a day to give glory to God without having to chase Easter bunnies or anything like that um, is there is there any reality that maybe God was just purchasing back and redeeming and taking every day of every year back to himself, giving glory to God, regardless of what the pagans did. I did. I just always felt like I don't want to give the devil October 31st. You know, that's deception. That's, that's evil. So I'm going to be afraid of October 31st, or should I do something to exalt Christ on that day? Uh, Easter, pagan holiday. Should I do something to exalt Christ? Resurrection. Is that is that fair or not fair? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think I think that's a good thought. You know, I hadn't thought of it like that, but I think yeah. Uh, what we do have to know that uh, God did give Satan a rule over this world to uh, to try to manipulate the uh, what we call sometimes the useful. Well, anyway, yeah, that's a good thought. Uh, we do know that. We read the book, and you know, and I know, and all your listeners know, we win in the long run. And uh, I think we're about to see that we win. I think we are on the cusp of Jesus coming, and we're seeing it. My gosh, have you ever visited, have you ever seen as much going on as there is today? Did you know that tomorrow in downtown Bentonville, I got a call from a, a good Christian guy, downtown Bentonville, there is a transvestite, homosexual, lesbian uh, uh, big deal down on the plaza to protest uh, all kinds of things. But it's, so you're it's, saying, it's pro- you're saying tomorrow, Pardon? Saturday, yes. downtown Bentonville, uh-huh. there's a gathering of transgender, homosexual, lesbian, LGBTQ community to protest the laws that were signed by the governor? 
Well, yeah. Uh, by, they're no. just protesting the fact that anybody is, is saying they don't have the right to do what they want to do. But you're going you're gonna to see some very incredibly devil demonic things downtown Bentonville tomorrow. I was asked to come, and I said, no, I'm not coming. Uh, you know, I, I, I might come anyway. It depends because yeah. Tom and Alice Carroll have been asking me to come, and I want to come, and I've been wanting to come, and i got to be at a doctor's office in, in Bella Vista uh, Monday at 2 o'clock anyway, so I may still come. But I'm going to pray. If I go down there, I'm going to pray for a hedge of protection like I've never prayed before in my life because uh, Bentonville is becoming demonic, I'm telling you right now. There's an ice cream store down there that has uh, uh, that advertises uh, that they're going to have a transgender day and stuff like that. And they've done doing that for like three or four years. Mm-mm. You know, there's just so much going on in Bentonville. It's not just Bentonville. It's the whole world. My hometown of Paris, Texas, has what they call a, uh, 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 I don't know, a day. It's just crazy. Day, uh, yeah. But the, day. the whole world Friday. is, yeah. 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 Uh, well, what, but, you know, uh, what should yeah. happen, Terry, what should happen is that every Christian in Bentonville, in the surrounding area, should show up. They should have this information that this is going on. It's the first time I'm hearing about it. They should show up down there and shout out louder, peacefully, shout out louder, condemn that kind of a protest. And the leaders and the civil you know, servants that are here, the local uh, servants to the people, the majority should go there and condemn that kind of protest. Uh, so that the streets no. of our of our town are not polluted by the vileness of something that was once illegal and against the law. Now you stir in my fire here, and I don't. I wanted to have a very peaceful Friday, but the thing is, that's tomorrow. And what time are they gathering? <clears throat> well, all I, I can I can uh, text you back or call you back or something, but it's okay. uh, it's probably a, around uh, six or seven. I don't know, uh, okay. but you know they. Uh, I, I don't know if it's they've gotten a. They should get a permit to do it. I don't know if they have or not, but I will tell you this, probably will get a permit if they have applied for it because Bentonville area, including one of the largest retailers in the country, uh, I can't tell you what I know about that organization and how many uh, Wiccan people are working in nearly every department that I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but you, you just, you know, and once we're talking we about Walmart. Them, see, yeah. Yeah. Right. See the difference. The difference between Christians and non-Christians is that we don't speak up as much as we should, and we don't, we don't uh, disagree with people. We're we're pretty silent. We're like sheep. We're 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 you know we just let things happen, but the demonic people, it's always like 10% of the people in the community that really does most of the evil stuff, and it's because we don't sound off enough, like you said. We need to be on the square up there. I want to be on the square up there, but I had car problems, and I got all kinds of problems right now, but you know what? I might make it anyway. I'm I probably, I'm going to try to make it anyway, and I'm, I want to be up there to be able to shout against them. 
because I was up there and shouted against the people that wanted to take the statues down and all of our past history, and they finally took all those down, from what I understand. Uh, we cannot let Satan win, and he's not going to win, regardless of how we are uh, active or not. He's not going to win. We're going to win, and he's and and he's soon to meet his demise. And you're right. Uh, I hope everybody out there shows up and shouts, and I'm going to give you all my word right now. I'm going to make a, a phone call and see if I can't release, uh, lose some strings where I can't leave tonight or first thing in the morning and be there. What's wrong uh, with I your car, I want to be there Gary? because – pardon? What's wrong with your car? Well, no, it's – I'm going to be honest with you. It broke down. Then I had a, a massive toothache, and I had to go to the doctor, and I just spent too much money, and I got $27 in my bank account. But I got a, a guy that owes me some money, so I'm going to call him and ask him to deposit some in my checking account in Paris. And if he can do that, and I think he will, then I'll have enough money to come down there. But, you know, I don't, I well, don't, why don't really. Well, do why don't we do this right now? What I'd like to do is know where to send that to you. I'll take up an offering right now for people listening. If they want to send a little bit of money, each person do something. We'll do the same, and we'll get some money to you to get your car fixed and whatever it takes. Maybe somebody will even buy you a new car. Who knows? But No, no, no. I got my car fixed. That's one of the things that uh, – between the, the car being fixed and the tooth extraction, emergency tooth extraction, okay. it took all I had because I've been giving my kids money all year. But you know what? If, if, will you make if it up I here? We'll just, make sure. Your, your needs are met, okay? You get up here, we'll make sure Pardon your me? needs are met. You get up here, I'll tell we'll you make what sure I'll do. your needs are met. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, if you could just give me a little bit of money to get back on, I'll come you up got there. It. It's a deal. We'll make and, sure you uh, have money to get home, okay? Yeah, I, I don't need much. I don't want much. I, you know, other people need it more than me because I got money coming next month. But uh, but right. I'll, I'll come up and we'll see how it is. Okay, let me ask you this question. Okay, so we'll, we'll take care of that. This is a done deal. You should be here. You, you'll, you'll definitely be able to get home. Now, I want to ask you a question, and I don't know if this is a good example or not. I really don't know. But I would think if there was a, a con man, let's say that there was a salesman in town, and he was going from door to door and selling product that people were never going to get. He lied through his teeth. And all these people in the neighborhood, in the community, were being lied to. Their money was being taken. They, it was being stolen from by this liar. Wouldn't the community want to do something to stop that? Because they know that stealing and lying and this person going door to door uh, is, is robbing people with these stories that aren't true. We would want to stop that as a community, wouldn't we? And so when we see, the homosexual, and we see the homosexual agenda – lesbianism, transgenderism coming as a, you know, an idea where we want to spread our philosophy. We want to spread what we're doing. We want you to be okay with it. Isn't it the responsibility of the community to say, no, we don't want that in our society, in our community. We don't, we don't accept that based upon the revelation. We love you. You do what you want to do, but to bring it into our neighborhood, you're like the thief. You're like the liar that's selling stuff that's not there. There's no substance to this stuff. So shouldn't the community gather together and condemn it altogether? You are spot on until the citizens of, of Bentonville and Bella Vista and the surrounding areas, until they start taking 
uh, a stand they're not going to. Let me tell you a story that will rock every one of you. A couple of years ago, I was downtown talking to an executive and his wife from Walmart. I was talking to them, and I was telling them, I said, you, can't, you won't believe what I just saw. I just saw two men walking down the street holding hands with each other, and they were okay till they got up to where the crowd was, and they were on the plaza, and they embraced each other and kissed each other right there on the plaza, and they wanted everybody to see what they could do whenever they wanted to. Now, hold on. This guy, I will not say his name because he's an ex, he was an ex-executive. He quit this large retailer. He quit, and he said, Terry, that's nothing. He said, uh, my wife and I, Lisa and I, uh, <laughs> uh, we came up to, we walked up to uh, uh, the plaza to eat at Table Mesa uh, last Friday night, and he said when we walked up there, there was a big sign that said, party shut down for uh, it was for a homosexual, lesbian, and transvestite uh, get-together there at Table Mesa, and they could not go in and eat. Now, this is being allowed by the people around, and they're not protesting. Uh, so you're right. We should, raise, we should raise all kinds of trouble. For the whole city of Bentonville, because you know that Bentonville is a nucleus for all the things that are around, and people uh, most of the time come to Bentonville for activities and stuff like that, and that's how I met you and Patricia on a downtown Bentonville on a Friday night, was it, and first Friday, and, uh, and so thousands of people come down there. Until we start standing up, it's going to continue, and it's going to get worse. Have you seen what's in hotel uh, what's that hotel downtown? Have you seen the things in there? Have you seen the things that are being painted around the square? I mean, it. why do you think I wanted to get out of town? Uh, a lot of people, including good friends of your church, told me they thought I was crazy when I left town because, you know, I, I did so much and they, you know, I loved it so much. They, they thought I was crazy. But two of them called me and said, you know what, I understand now why you left. You know, I don't even understand why I left. All of a sudden, I just packed up and left, you know, and uh, but maybe I need to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there it is, Terry. There it is. Um, to find, to get the information out, to live in a world where, you know, it's, it's like the happy thief, the happy liar. Um, somebody that walks around, I was downtown Bentonville the other day and there were five or six bikes went by and they had their jean jackets on and all this stuff on the back. And, uh, the future is queer said their jackets. The future is queer. And so it's not like the repentant sinner that's crying out for salvation. It's people that basically know the gospel. They've heard the gospel. They don't care about the gospel and they're promoting the future is queer and they're sending this signal everywhere. And the majority of the people who don't believe that are sitting back and maybe going, oh, well, that won't go anywhere. Well, look how far the LGBTQ community has gone, you know, in the last 30 years of what has happened in our country. And people should be shocked that right now people, the Supreme Court in 2015 is now legalizing men marrying men. That's how far things go when you're quiet. And you just wonder how far things are going to continue to go if the majority of the people in this country remain quiet. 
You're exactly right. I, I, you know, we can keep on and on and on. One day I was walking downtown uh, at the coffee shop, and I saw this big transistor, transgender-type guy with a beard on and uh, talking to another one, and they were right there in, on outside of the coffee shop sitting on the sidewalk where the whole world could see them. And then I was at the registration, uh, vehicle registration uh, thing, and, and there was a, a, a two men in their dressed as women. And so I was talking to a leader in the administration of Bentonville, Arkansas. I was talking to a leader, and I told him about it, and he's a, a, a devout Christian that goes to church at downtown Baptist Church. And he told me, he said, oh, that's okay, that's good, that's good. He said, that's good, they're coming out. You know, and so I won't tell you who that guy was, but he's very incredibly well-known in Bentonville. And he put me down because I was saying, this is not right. We're, not, we're supposed to do something about this. And he said, no. He said, I think that's great. He said, it's good. And uh, this is a guy that most people respect in Bentonville because – they're very incredibly wealthy, and he's on several of the committees uh, in the city of Bentonville administration. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Terry, praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition. We'll see you when you get here this weekend. We'll talk more. God bless you, my friend. I'm going to get rolling. Okay. Thank you, brother. It's time to get going. Yeah, I got okay. you. I understand. Okay. Gotcha. All right. right. Bye-bye. Terry Shannon is with us today. God bless you, Terry. Thanks for calling in today. My brother Mark is on the uh, chat room. He's trying to uh, spread preterism, uh, which is basically the idea that the uh, all the gospel was already fulfilled in 70 AD. And Mark and I have a little disagreement about that idea. So we're just going to let all of that rest right now. Here's the fact. Here's what we do know. Okay. Here's where we could agree that Jesus Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. And in the teaching of the Apostle Paul, going back to 1 Corinthians 15, and yes, Terry will see him this weekend, and uh, his his work in the kingdom is pretty amazing. Um, we were just talking about how Jesus Christ is the first fruits, and then about the order of the resurrection. I'm going to preserve the rest of this. Maybe for next week, we'll see how things go. But I want to say thanks for joining today. God bless you. I want you to have a super blessed weekend and a wonderful celebration with your family of believers who believe in the resurrection. You may have already celebrated it in the Feast of First Fruits a few days ago. Okay, so praise God. Enjoy the weekend and don't get into paganism. That's all there is to it. Don't do anything compromisingly or anything, but... The resurrection message really does need to be preached from the rooftops. And most likely, we hope that that resurrection message will resonate with many of the saints of God to encourage our faith as we walk through the seasons of what we were just talking about, just being a tiny little bit of where things are going. We're going to need to have a hope for the future, not only in this life, but in the world to come. We need to believe with all of our hearts. We do. I know we do. But we need to make sure that that faith and that belief does not fade away, does not fade away, because the timer is going to come that the testing of our faith 
okay, being more precious than gold, though it be tried in fire. So our, our faith is going to be tried in the fire because it's more precious. It has more value, in other words, than any material wealth in this world. And your faith is going to mean everything. So I hope that when you gather together this weekend and the resurrection is preached, because it surely will be, that you won't be thinking about pagan, Ishtar, bunny rabbits, and Easter eggs, that you'll be seeing clearly the message of the resurrection of the great King, Jesus Christ. Nobody knows the exact day. Nobody knows. They think they do through computers. Listen, we could go back and remember the day that Jesus Christ rose from death, according to the feast and all of that. We've seen it, but many, most in the church age are going to be remembering the resurrection this weekend. And so whatever level of participation you have in that, when you hear that message, let it inspire you and pray that your pastor, your preacher will preach a message that will penetrate people's hearts and minds. Because really, this is where a lot of family members bring their unsaved family members to Easter, right? Well, may God use it for his glory. May God use every moment of every day for his glory and his glory alone, for the salvation of souls. I mean, how fruitless would it be to just say, well, I'm not bringing my, you know, unredeemed son or daughter-in-law or whatever to the church where they're going to be preaching on, on, on the resurrection because it's on Easter. And, oh, that's, that's foolishness, in my opinion. Maybe we could talk about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I know that if I had an unsaved person that wanted to come to church because it's Easter— that I would be praying to God that my pastor would be preaching the resurrection with fire that would have uh, anointing to penetrate that skull, get down into the heart, and bring transformation and salvation. I mean, this is the most important thing, right? Salvation through our faith in Jesus Christ. And to know that he's resurrected, that is the unique reality of our religion. And I say religion according to James. True religion is, you know, taking care of the widows and the orphans. Uh, So let's say that's the pure reality of our faith, our belief um, that Jesus Christ is alive today and is a life-giving spirit to those who believe. And when the belief is open, the truth comes in, salvation, and then we work it out way past this life into eternity. So there's a lot more to say. We're going to leave it there for now. Um, David says, I, uh, sad churches have egg hunts. You know, I have some relatives that give me a really hard time. When they come over, I'm going to put eggs all outside the house, and I'm going to tell them, go find the eggs. I'm going to have peace. That's not true. Anyways, that's it for me today. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom. And remember, Maranatha, he is risen. God bless. Right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can listen to a roundtable.